You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Broadway! Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Broadway! Welcome back to Josh Swallows, Broadway! I'm sitting here with my favorite, my my beloved, my Beth Level. Oh, that's so sweet. And my beloved Josh Lehman. How are you doing? I am fabulous on this rainy day. It's oh, the highlight gosh. of my day sitting here seeing you. I missed you like crazy. I've missed you so I know, much. I know, I know. We even we have to have a little therapy. I just miss hugging you and laughing with you and just being with you. I just miss <laughs> Mr. <the problem>. I know. <laughs> but it's it's so true. I feel like I've been like in mourning, like sitting Shiva for weeks. No, that's totally, I think, respected. And uh, it's what happens. Yeah. I mean, I don't miss the dancing. No, I don't miss that either. I don't no. miss belting my lungs out. Yeah, no. And I don't miss like my dressing room on the 80th floor. Right. Like why they got to put a fat bitch on the top floor? I don't know. Something you did wrong in your life. Apparently. Um, but I miss you guys. I yeah. really do. And I miss the story. And I miss, I miss telling the story. Yeah. Anyway. Good times. I know. Well, it's crazy because like most most of the the people that I've been working with or that, you know, I audition for, they they always bring up the prom. Right? And um you know, it's nice to know that we had some sort of impact. Exactly. And I'm not, I'm not sure that it's all been felt right now. I think we're going to like in another month, in another year, in another 10 years, we're going to really see the how impactful it really was in yeah. ways that I can't really even understand right now, but I just have a feeling that we did something really good. Yeah. And also we, uh, we changed some lives. It it also changed my life, you know. Totally. I've never had that much fun doing a show before. I've never felt that sort of family connection and I mean I have felt family connections with all my shows, but that one, there was just something different about it. Agreed. Agreed. And it, that's why I even miss it uh, even more. Well, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. I just love seeing you. I love you. I love that you asked me. Thank of you. Of course. And I love your story. So you're from North Carolina. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. People go, what are you doing up here? I know. Well, I know. they say that. Go ahead. Well, when I tell people I'm from San Diego, they're like, why are you in New York? And now I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm an idiot. But what? Like, how did it begin for you? Yeah, well, I'm a real late bloomer in trying to discover what my curiosity and my passion was. Really late. You know, people, the children on Broadway now start when they're six years old and they know what they, they're, they're professionals by the time they're 16. Yeah. I didn't, even, I don't think I actually had even seen a musical until... My senior year in high school, my friend asked me to audition for the spring musical, and I honestly didn't really know what she was talking about. And I auditioned for the show called Brigadoon, and I got the third lead, Bonnie Jean. Oh, muscle. Ah, thanks. And I remember um, going to, you know, at high school, you rehearse for, what, three years before you? So I remember the first day of my three-year rehearsal thinking, who are these people, and how can I be in this oxygen and energy for the rest of my life? But it was the 70s and it was North Carolina and there weren't opportunities of where to even put that curiosity. And I was so I went to school and my parents wanted to be, quote unquote, normal. And I went to a small girl school, had a major in uh, social work counseling, but I had a minor 
in theater and I just did because that's all they had yeah. and I did everything I could get my hands on more I did dinner theater I did the community theater which I absolutely love Raleigh Little Theater I did something at the university and everything I could get my hands on there and I had a teacher a mentor who pushed and pushed and shaped and encouraged and by the end when I graduated with my degree in social work counseling said, you need to see what you can do with this energy. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not moving to New York. I'm terrified. I'd been one time to New York City. What, when did you come to New York? I went on a bus trip with the school. Okay. And I just remember it was one of those, we left at 8 o'clock at night and pulled up into Times Square at 7 a.m. when the sun was coming up. And oh, my. Just seeing that, I was so overwhelmed by it. It just seemed daunting and I didn't have the courage. So yeah. I went and got a master's degree and in that two, sorry, bam, <laughs> yeah, I'm out. And in that two years, um, it changed my life. Yeah. And I, again, I had another mentor who had been in the ensemble of three Broadway shows and I just worshiped him. His name is Dr. John Joy. And he said, oh no, you are going, just go, just go. So I went and I got my equity card at a Pennsylvania stage company. I worked there for eight months answering wow. the phones, moving sets, playing third sword carrier from the right. And, and they gave you your street. equity card for that. I got my equity card. That's a I lot had, of work. It was so much work for no money. Thank you, my mom and dad, for helping me. Oh, that's lovely. And then I moved to New York, and uh, that was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, one of my... I figure. I, I, love, I love hearing about when you came to New York. And like just like walking over heroin addicts, heroin yeah, addicts to, to, to get, get to my, home. And you know, I didn't care. I was telling someone the story the other day. I I, lived, I slept on a couch in Hell's Kitchen when it was Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> when it, but I didn't care. It was like, excuse me, Mr. Mugger. Just get, let me just get by here to go to my apartment. I lived on a fifth floor walk up, just like your dressing room at the uh, Long Acre. Yeah. And there were so many roaches. And I didn't care. There was one night I turned on a light and you hear that. Oh, no. <laughs> and I went, what is that? I was like, oh, it's roaches. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to New York. And then I met um, my ex-husband and he and I got an apartment and moved in. And there were no more roaches. Thankfully. Wow. <laughs> but that was, like I said, I didn't care, though. I would get up every Thursday and go to the kiosk on the corner of next to Smilers at 45th and 9th Avenue, and they had the backstage magazine. Oh! And I would get out my pen, and I would circle the auditions that I was going to have upcoming week. I could be a puppeteer. <laughs> sure could. <laughs> I can be a mime. Sure can. And it was thrilling, and I it was really, really, really thrilling. And then I went to work pretty quickly and haven't looked back. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? I, I also use, and I sort of miss doing the whole backstage oh, thing. and now, of course, everything's online. But yeah. back then, you know, the tactics. Yeah, you look like, at it, you flip through it, you circle it, it you put it on my... Calendar. In the calendar, you opened it up. My planning book and went with me. What's today? Told today's the paper bag players. I'm on it. Watch out. I also used to do like really stupid shit. I would put special skills that I didn't have. Well, didn't we all? Like if it was like they're doing Barnum looking for jugglers. And I was like, um, special skills juggler. And so I would get called back only because I said that I could juggle. And then what would you do? I would try. And I would fail, and they would be like, "You're a liar." Thank you. It's like when I I kind of thought I was a dancer because back in when I was in college and grad school, I actually choreographed stuff. What? 
because my teacher thought I was a good storyteller, not because I had any dance skills, except for the three years I was at Betty Kovacs School of Dance in North Carolina. <laughs> I went second to fifth grade, and I knew how to tap. I knew the vocabulary of tap. <laughs> so I just thought, I, I'm a dancer. So I went to the Cats audition, the Cats open call. It, when it was at the theater, when it was yeah. at the Winter Garden, and I remember putting on my dance clothes and thinking, this is great. And I, it was about 800 people in the audience waiting, and they, they divvied it up where there was a group of, I don't know, 30 that went up at a time. And I was number 540 or something, and I just sat there in the back of the theater, and we could watch. It was literally like Jillian Lynn teaching. Wow. And her, you know, her assistants teaching the choreography. And I just remember watching those dancers thinking, what are you doing here? But I, and I kept trying, it's like, no, just get up and try, just get up and try. And by the time they got to my group, they called my group's number and I just stood up with my leg warmers and I believe a headband and I walked out the front door. Oh yeah. I was like, note to self, you are not a dancer. You are a mover who's funny. <laughs> There's a big difference. That was a lesson learned. But I yeah. thought I thought I was a dancer. I got myself into a little bit of trouble by showing up at dance calls and then just sneaking out the back door. Sure. <laughs> and lo and behold, my Broadway debut was 42nd Street. So all that what? tap training paid off. Oh, boy, did I have to work really, 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 really hard. Yeah. Because my audition, uh, thankfully, they had me sing first and do the sides. And the Michael Stewart and Mark Bramble thought I was funny and liked my voice. And then the associate choreographer came up and showed me the Anytime Annie dance combination. And I just remember thinking, <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God. Doing. It was so hard that I took my Walkman <laughs> and I, I recorded her sounds going, flap, shuffle, flap, change. And uh, John, my, my ex-husband, was a better tap dancer than I was. So after that, I, I really was bad at the tap part. And I was also in a little, like, suit, like a short pink suit. Because my mother said, <laughs> my mother said it would pop when I was on the stage. She said, you wear a fuchsia, you're gonna pop. You're gonna you pop, are. sweetie. Just pop. <laughs> so I popped and I didn't tap very well. And she said I had a week to work on it and to come back for the callback. And um, I rented, remember the Harlequin Studios? Yeah. Because I was trying to find the cheapest studio sure. there the harlequin studios the staircase is here and is it a i think a, a gay porn shop is on the left and they kind of share the same stairs wonder how i found that I know, out right. <laughs> oh hey <laughs> so i came down the stairs went back to the harlequin studios and i worked and i worked and i worked and i worked and i got it that's fucking phenomenal and then the role opened up on broadway and yeah I, because I you did, did the tour four, first eight months of the tour and then right. when the role opened up they asked me to come in and i was in it four years which was great yeah did did you play your hometown on the tour no we did like long sit downs which means you're a place yeah for three months we did philadelphia for three months washington dc for three months boston for four months did they get to come see you my parents yeah yeah oh did. What was that like? Like, did they have a full understanding of what you were no, doing? No, not at all. And, you know, to see that, 42nd Street and all this glamour. And then we actually, they took, uh, towards the last year I did it, they took the principal cast from Broadway, which I've never heard this being done before, and the ensemble from the bus and truck married us together, went to Expo something something in Vancouver, and then we went over to Japan and filmed it for like a, a Japanese HBO kind of thing. So you can still 
find that on YouTube. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Yeah, it was, and my parents came to Japan and saw it then too. That's <laughs> lovely. I know they kept, you know, they didn't understand. They just wanted me to be quote unquote normal. Yeah, just be a wife and have kids, and I don't know, maybe teach or do something more traditional. But I think when they saw me finding success and actually getting paid yeah. and not starving, they were thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I also love that they only took the ensemble from the tour. Yep. Like they took the principals from Broadway, the, the ensemble from, Broadway, from the tour. And the principals from the tour were able to come to Broadway for five weeks. Okay. But what the hell happened to the ensemble in New York? They, they were just, just like, they just like, wah, wah. that sucks. Isn't that weird? Wow. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's okay. That's what happened. I would be really hurt if that happened. I bet that maybe they just could only afford to fly like eight of us or something. I guess. I don't know. I'd be like, is it my hips? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Mr. Merrick. Don't know. Um, don't know. So where did you land after 42nd Street? Um, after 42nd Street, I did what was to be the national tour of Greece. Right. You were Rizzo. I was Rizzo. I started out at the Muni. Then went to Dallas and then they kind of revamped it. It was starring Jack Wagner, who was in on General Hospital uh -huh. at the time. And so we revamped it. There was some recasting and we went to Washington DC for our out of town Broadway tryout and closed. Oh no. Thank Why? you so much. Why did I it close? Know. They just got terrible reviews. You know, Greece is Greece. I don't know, maybe it was too soon, but I thought we did a good job. I'm it closed. I the amount of money that I would pay to see you be Rizzo. Oh, I had a really good time. I bet you were phenomenal. I don't know about that. I'd probably give up one of my cats just to hear you sing. There are worse there things are I worse can things do. I could do. I love it. Give me a cat. Okay, done. Josh. And okay. then after that, I'll interrupt for a second. Oh, I was Kanicki once. See? And there were three pages where Rizzo and Kinnicky have to make out on stage. And do nothing else. And do nothing else. But make out while a whole scene's going on. And I remember one of the, the Kinnicky that replaced the one we did. It was like, shake my hand. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm Beth. <laughs> it's like, oh, theater. Who else yes. does that? Uh, Welcome they don't to do rehearsal. That Microsoft. But, yeah. No. And also, Alan, never, ever, ever interrupt us again. <laughs> so sorry. Sorry. No, sorry, no. So sorry, Dory, so sorry. jump out the window. No more Dory. No, look at mommy. Mommy's not mad. Mommy's not mad. Okay. <laughs> mommy's just disappointed. And now we've lost Dory because of you. Okay. Anyway, no. then came crazy for you. Oh, my gosh. And I saw that. I don't you know did? if I saw Yeah, I did. I don't what know if I 12? saw you in that. I was 14. My, well, my aunt, who I love, my beautiful aunt Jeannie, oh. she worked for TWA. Is was oh, that the airline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so whenever, airline. yeah. And so when I would graduate, like elementary school or middle school or high school, she would, she take, would take me it. on a trip. Oh my gosh! See, that's where you found your love for theater. Oh well, I found it before that. Oh, you're she, so lucky. She was just supportive. That's great. She like your auntie Maine. Yeah, Maine. Yeah, very much my Maine. auntie Maine. That's awesome. And Maine, you know, all of it. She had that crazy hair back then. Um, yeah, no, it was so good. And Casey Nicola was in that, and the Angie Schwarer. and Rob Ashford. Rob Ashford he was, was in, in that? the ensemble. Oh my! I need to start being nicer to the ensemble people. See, see, I feel responsible for getting for Casey's 
career in general because we were doing showboat out of town at a regional theater or lord theater in raleigh north carolina he was in the ensemble i was playing julie <laughs> and I, I my agent had sent me the script for crazy for you and asked me to read it and we were sitting there during tech or something and i remember handing the script to casey going oh my gosh you really should be doing this and he read it and got he was in the he was cast as junior so i feel wow. responsible for his career yeah you should he's paid me back what what was he like back then? And like like he is just like he is now. Really, mm -hmm. just funny, funny, energetic. Wow. Yeah, yeah, just like he is now. I I, I can't. And how long were you in Crazy for You? Uh, three years until I got pregnant, and I got, was pregnant with Sam, and I stayed in it as long as I could because I was a breadwinner back then. Yeah. I stayed in it as long as I could until during the uh, number bad news. Go away, the pink girls uh -huh. come out. When I could no longer lay on my stomach and go, dun, dun, without oh, going, yeah. woo! <laughs> like, get out! <laughs> I just couldn't. I couldn't, I just couldn't have them take the costumes out anymore. And I, like, how did this happen? You you say that you're not a dancer, which I disagree uh, with. No, and I've, I've, I worked really hard to learn how to tap dance, but don't ask me to, like, kick my leg up or anything. That's unavailable to yeah. me. But I can, I can do a tap routine thank goodness yeah but not like my dancer people could so we would be in a line you know and i was one of the shortest girls there i played tess which was like the dance captain which is code for doesn't dance as well as the other ones <laughs> so i was on the end and my my friend stacy logan was on the other end of lines and if you look at pictures the girls are like kicking the, yeah. into the mining pans and i'm like in this kind of pose like <laughs> because I hadn't, I can't do it. And they would split, split, split. And Sue Stroman, who was so brilliant, would be like, "You don't split, do you?" It's like, "No, ma'am, I am not a, I am not a splitter." She said, "How about a half split?" I was like, "I can maybe do that if I can get up." So there's a lot of, there was a lot of compromise on her part, and I'm grateful that she still let me do it. That's lovely. It was fun. It was really what a great show too. People always think that I can dance better than I can. No, you're a really good dancer. I'm a mover who marks. See, you're a oh. mover who does comedy. I'm a I, mover who marks. You do not mark. I've seen you move. Oh, that's true. I'm a mover who does comedy and big face and hands, <laughs> so you don't really look at my lack of skills. I don't know what you're talking yes, about. Yes, you do. <laughs> See, and they don't have no idea that you haven't done that dance stuff. What was New York like living there in that time when it still was dirty? Dangerous. Yeah. It was New York. You know, you live in your dream. You knew which blocks to stay away from. Sure. And I was so naive. I would go, my, my first husband, John, was working at a restaurant way over on 38th. And I knew he got out at 11 o'clock. So I would walk over from 9th Avenue down to 5th Avenue and 36 at 11.30 at night all by myself and thought nothing of it. And, mm. you know, tweet, tweet, tweet. I've always been safe and I've always really loved this city. Yeah. Is I was here to, to live my dream. Sure. No dirt's going to get in my way. I know, right? No junkie's going to no, keep me down. it's not. Um, it's not. How do you feel about New York now in comparison? Because New York now... Like, like 42nd Street? All of it. I mean, I've only been here 16 years, but now I'm at the point where I'm like, oh, it's not the city I moved to. It's not. And, you know, that's the good news, bad news. I feel like walking up 42nd Street, I feel safe. And I kind of, you know, I don't, I'm not, I, I like seeing it clean. Yeah. But did some of the culture and some of its, uh, you know, heart disappear when it was all cleaned up? I don't know. I, 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 I don't have a problem with it. Sure. 
sure. Okay. No. Particularly if we get more theaters. You yeah. Know? Well, you also live in like the middle of it all. Exactly. Do you, And you just love that. That's just I who do. you are. I can just walk to work and walk to my friends and walk to you. Oh. I'm good. I've lived everywhere. You know, now I'm back in the middle of it, but I've been... I've been all over the place. Yeah. New Jersey. I raised my kids in New Jersey, which was fantastic. And I love your kids. Thank They're you. so great. Thank you. Do you want them? I'm yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd be a great mother. You would be a great mother. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and now, you know, I lived in Inwood and Hell's Kitchen. And now I'm back in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. With your fiance. With my fiance. Adam Heller. Who I love. Um, yeah. No, I met the both of you doing Elf, right? Yes. That's when I met you too. Our second Elf. Because he yeah, did the elf, second Elf. Elf 2.0. Elf yes. Elf 2.0. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. How did you and Adam meet? We did a show together in San Diego. And oh, at the Globe. At the Globe. Okay. And then uh, we played husband and wife, and and he just fell in love. Kind of, yeah. It took a. It was complicated, and it took a while, but that was eleven years ago. Wow. I know. We still like each other. Yeah. Well, you two are magical together. Oh, thanks. And I love the way that he looks at you. That's so sweet. And when I see him and I compliment you. His eyes light up. It's really, really beautiful. <laughs> and you have a new child, Malcolm. Say, he doesn't look at me like Malcolm does, which is my cat. Oh, I love look Malcolm. Look at me with one eye. Malcolm only has one yeah. eye. Yeah. yeah. With the one-eyed wonder kitty. I worked with a costume designer who has a one-eyed dog named Uno. Uno, cute. Yeah, I thought it was adorable. Oh. Um, yeah, no, uh, Laura Molina yeah, rescued I, the cat and then you adopted him. Mm -hmm. That's great. How's mothering a cat? I love it. I never am not without animals. We went through a stretch where because we were you know on the road or out of town in Atlanta, that it just wasn't feasible and caring to have a, a pet. But now I'm like, let's fill it up. Yeah. Because at one time I had four. <laughs> So I kind of, I'm waiting, I've got four now. Adam's like, wait, what? I was like, no, let's get four. Let's see, let's get a commune. That's how I am, but it's about filling the void. Oh. You know, I'm like, I better adopt another another animal or two. Well, I just can't even, if I read something or I cannot go to a shelter because I would come back with 54 yeah, I can't. pets. So someone does it for me. And yeah. then, except I found Malcolm online yeah. uh, by myself. And it's like, we are Get this cat. <laughs> the Now, Drowsy's Chaperone, mm -hmm. is it true that your character wasn't really that big of a character when it began? It was how, not. How was that possible? I know. They didn't know who she was. And that, therefore, when I auditioned, you know, I came to a big audition um, saying just something out of my book. And I had the sides, and the sides were, I had no idea who this woman was because. Like I've said before, the, the, she wasn't on the page. Yeah. You were going to have to figure out who she was. And the writers, too, and the creatives. So I didn't get it when I auditioned for it. I told you that, right? Yeah. And then I had, uh, I, it was, I don't know, six months later when they had auditioned, went to L.A. and auditioned all these people, came back, and I think actually hired some people. That didn't work out. And all of a sudden, out of the blue and the summer of whatever 2005 my agent calls and says i have a job offer for you and we love job offers yeah because you don't have to audition yeah, it's like no. i don't care what it is Fuck audition. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yes and he said it's to play beatrice stockwell in the drowsy chaperone and i made them call the casting people back because i knew they'd made a mistake and they, i was going to be embarrassed they were going to be embarrassed it's like nope you they've offered that role you leave for a three-month out-of-town tryout in los angeles so pack wow. i'm like what it's like children 
mom is going to Los Angeles. I think literally, I think Casey went, just just give it to Beth. Whatever. Just give it to Beth. That's very I Casey. give up. I give up. I give up. <laughs> just give it to Beth. She's funny. Let her try something. So, in, you know, when we got to L.A., a lot of the people had done it before. So I was sitting there like, one of these things is and I, not like the other. Uh-huh. And we worked and we worked and we played a lot of theater games, which for a while just made me rash out. Like Zip Zap Zop? Nope. Don't know what that is. We played Hot Seat. Oh, good. And, you know, we had to do a biography and uh-huh. just slowly but surely we were peeling that onion back of who this woman was. And there was a game called Hot Seat and literally... We played it for a week, and one of the last things, you come out, you sit on a stool, and you sit on a stool as your character, and then the creatives and the cast fire questions at you, and you answer, you know, as your character. When, when you don't know who your character is, that it's a little... That sounds terrifying. It was a little terrifying slash thrilling. But the, one of the last times we were playing that game in the morning, we would do it for like an hour in the morning. Uh, Casey said, you know, it was my turn to do it. It's like... Ugh. And then he said, ladies and gentlemen, Dame Beatrice Stockwell. Now, I had never heard the word Dame. And I came out. And for some reason, the, the creative team and the cast just started screaming, bravo, bravo, applauding like I was the biggest star on the planet. And I just bowed and I kept bowing. And, and I went all the way down to the floor. And I remember thinking, there she is. Yeah. There she is. <laughs> and that just gave all of us a place to start and then we would work on stumble and make it longer and more expansive and more narcissistic and more you know anthemic and anything that heightened this woman and i really think that that's where she was born that day and then we once you kind of know who she is and you can write for her yeah and that's what we did did you have any idea no no that's really? what that's what even made it even more thrilling once you people loved it and you really, your impact made such a difference in the story. And then you win a Tony Award for it. It's so satisfying as an artist. <laughs> but it, it just, it was so, I, I was very proud to yes. be in that show. And just of the journey that I made and we all made with her. I just love that show so very much. It's one of the best things I've ever seen. I saw the final dress rehearsal. Oh, my gosh. And I mean... I just fell out of my seat. It's so singular. I just haven't heard a voice of a show like that before. Yeah. Where the opening, I remember sitting in L.A., the first preview when we first finally had an audience, our scene partners out there, and we were back there. We had a little uh, offstage vocals, upstage left, and the show starts in the dark. No overture, no nothing. And all of a sudden you hear the man in chair, who was Bob Martin, go, I hate theater. And then he goes off on this monologue, and we just had no earthly idea if it was going to resonate. Were we funny? Is this ridiculous? Should I just pack and go home now? Mm -hmm. And once he started his monologue, we were literally back there holding hands, and we hear this wave of laughter that gets bigger and bigger. I'm like, yes, it's not just me. This is one of the funniest things I have ever been a part of in my life. And to this day, I still feel that way. Oh, God, it was brilliant. I just want, I want, I want, every time I see Bob Martin, it's like, we're getting drowsy too? Yeah, I want it to come back. We're getting drowsy too? Just some, you know, see what happens to Man in Chair. What, where is he now? I don't know what happened to Man in Chair, but I imagine it's a lot like me. He's very sad. He's in Queens. He's got a couple of cats. Let's see what happens. Let's see if we can musicalize that. (laughs) 
I wish. I love you so much. I love you back. What was it like when they said your name? You won oh, a I Tony. Just, I know. I know. I just, it was, you know, we, we get instructions when you're nominated for a Tony Award that we go to this luncheon where there's no press or anything, just us. And literally, they talk about, I mean, it's TV. So they want to sell tickets. They sure. want to make it, you know, entertaining. And they didn't claim it was this, but we saw some videos of good acceptance speeches. <laughs> Once they were entertaining, he said, like, speak from your heart. Don't spend a lot of time, you know, listing names of your agents and everybody. That doesn't resonate with an audience. Tell us how you feel. Tell us, like I said, speaking from your heart. And I remember th- sitting there in the audience. Oh, and they also said, and you have 90 seconds. So when, if you're lucky enough to win, when, once they announce your name, you have 90 seconds. To get on stage. To get on stage before they start playing the get off stage da, music. Da, da, get off the set, shut up. Yeah. So I, I was sitting there and I remember they announced my name. It's like, are you kidding? I should have prepared more. And you kind of just leave your body. But, you know, the Beth takes over. You know, funny Beth takes over. But I remember thinking, you have 90 seconds. You have 90 seconds. And if you'll look on YouTube... I run down the aisle and like Bob Martin's trying to kiss me and I was like, get it, I got 90. Danny Burson's like, nope, not gotta go. I got I got 90 seconds. So I get up there and the rest of it's kind of a blur because you stand up there and not even thinking you're on national television. Yeah. But it's Radio City packed with what seemed to be 100 million mm-hmm. people and trying to articulate anything with a stunt Tony in your hand, all I could think of was, please don't curse. Please don't fall. Please remember to thank your parents. And, uh, you know, you kind of think of if you are going to win, you kind of have a little speech in back of your head. And I had written down some bullet points to try to remember. And that's all I, that's all I remember. Wow. I know. It was pretty thrilling. And just a sidebar. My parents in Raleigh, North Carolina, my pre- my category was, at, I believe, 918 that night. So I had gone from dressing full, uh, you know, Beatrice Stockwell back into Beth red carpet clothes, was sitting in my seat by 910 or something. I found out later that there was a tornado in Raleigh, North Carolina, or a tornado watch, and all of the electricity went out. So my parents were sitting in front of their TV at 9-11, and it went, boo. And my mother said she got on the phone, <laughs> which was still working. You don't understand. <laughs> Best category is, co- you got, I have to get this power back on. <gasps> She's not that Southern. It's just more entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> She'd kill me if she was alive. Like, Please, I do not sound like I that. give my mother a New York accent. Well, Whatever, we yeah. know, it gets laughs. So fortunately, two minutes before my category, the power came back on. And at the very end, right when they started to play that music, because, you know, it's nothing, I can't stand to watch myself on TV and stuff. And I was just like blabbering away. And I remember thinking, I want to thank my parents, Lynn and Ruby, Level in Raleigh, North Carolina, something about them being proud. And from that moment on, my parents' phone started ringing. The TV wanted to come over. The radio stations wanted to come over. I remember my mother at the very, towards like three days after that going, well, I just, 
I take the phone to the bathroom with me now because <laughs> it just rings and rings and people want to come over. Oh. That to me was so thrilling that they got to experience it vicariously through, through that. So yeah. it was really cool. You know, they, they sound like they were really, really special people. They were. And they raised a really, really special woman. Thank you. I love you I love so you much. You make me cry. Oh, my God. Well, uh, you make me cry. I just, you know, being around you. Well, and you hit me. But I deserved it. I deserved it. I'm sorry. I said, um, touch me there. So. I know, but I couldn't help it. Um, okay, we're going to take a real quick break, but we're going to be right back with a fan call. Stay tuned for more Josh Swallows Broadway. Hey, 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 it's Allie. 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 Oh. How are you, Allie? Good to see you. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> I take it you are familiar with my guest, Beth Level. I am. I like your t-shirt. Oh, yeah, you're wearing Thank a prom you. shirt. I have one. I have that same shirt. They never gave me one. Well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing well. Great. So tell me, like, where, where in this world are you? I am in New Jersey. All right, New Jersey. I love Not New that far, um, about 45 minutes away from the city. That's great. You know, a lot of Broadway people live about 45 minutes away from the city. I did yeah. for a long time. Yeah. I loved it. I love New Jersey. I love it's so it. nice. I go, I live in the city again now, but when I have to go to what I call my happy place, which is the mall. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, yes. I go to that's my happy place, New so Jersey. So many in the malls. Mall. That's sad. That's so informing, right? <laughs> no, but it is. Yeah, I love man, it. I love them all. Uh, so tell me, my friend, what would you like to ask us? So my question is, so right now I'm working a couple different jobs. I'm a teacher's assistant nice. here in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. I'm a nanny in the city. Um, I'm looking to move out of my parents' house mm -hmm. within the next year or so. And I'm not really sure what direction I want to take my career in. I know I want to get back into theater in some way. I want to continue writing and maybe figure out a way to turn that into some money and figure out where I want to live. So I was wondering if you had any d ideas of what is the best way to make decisions about which direction to take your career or your life? Wow. Firstly, I would say congratulations on knowing that you have such a curiosity and, and, and the beginning of a passion for theater. You know, we all have to do what we have to do to pay the rent or to get the food, but it sounds like you really in your soul know that theater in some way, shape or form speaks to you. Yeah. Maybe not even necessarily as a performer, is that what you would like to do or write or don't um, know? I I enjoy performing. Mm -hmm. I also enjoy writing. Okay, I enjoy awesome. working with kids in theater. Oh, see? Yeah. So you have possibly direct <laughs> Ding, I have no idea. But that's that's to me a great place to begin. You, I didn't know that when I was your age. I mean, it took me a while then then I really realized I needed to be a performer. But, you know, I yeah. have no interest or skills in writing and the fact that you even can articulate that you are, have this 
curiosity about being a writer or a director or working with kids in the theater. I think you're at a great place to start. Yeah. And then see Thank what you. happens then. Do you have you gone to school? Have you taken some classes in writing or directing or have you directed um, some theater? my my degree is in literature and education well that's okay. a great place yeah. to start that's awesome so that's what i got my ba in gotcha okay gotcha. well i'm a big fan of saying you have all the time in the world you don't need to worry about it because you're not going to figure it out tomorrow morning Mm-mm. you have so okay. much time yeah it's so yeah. okay um, and take as many classes as you can still, like especially with writing. Uh, find playwriting courses or uh, sketch writing. Um, there are so many options here in the city where you can continue working that muscle just for you and see if that's something that you really want to continue doing, as well as like a writer's group or oh, finding yeah. people that you like mm-hmm. to collaborate with. Or what about where you mm-hmm. are in New Jersey? Is there an opportunity for you to get hooked up with a school, a middle school, a high school, an elementary school, any kind of community uh, that has a show they're going to produce with kids. And they may need an assistant director or a stage manager or anything, just so you can be in that oxygen and see if that that makes you happy. Yeah. You know, you should look into my friend's company, Broadway Arts Lab. Arts Lab? Yeah, Balco. My my brother and sister are currently rehearsing for Joseph at Balco. Yes, I'm gonna go see it. Oh my god! Oh my god! I love the Balco so kids. Yeah, you will you will see my sister as Pharaoh. Oh, I can't oh wait! Oh my gosh, that's awesome! Um, I did their yeah. prom intensive this summer gotcha. and got to perform like Barry Glickman again with this beautiful little 16 year old as Emma and all oh, the kids learned the finale. The They're in Jersey. Oh, they're oh my gosh! In, yeah. I think Wayne? Are they in yeah, Wayne, yeah, yeah. New Jersey? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. a great place to start working with kids. Also, there's a lot of opportunities here in New York to be a guardian. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a hard job, but you get to really be a part of the show and learn about what Broadway yeah, really I is. Yeah, I think that would be so fun. Oh my gosh. Firsthand, just see if that really, are talking about being a child wrangler? Yeah. They're, they're amazing. I don't know what we do without them. Yeah. But just to see, just to be in the eight show a week energy and to be around yeah. all that is the Broadway and the kids. That's very exciting. I think you. Yeah, be, that would be awesome. And again, what Josh says, you don't have to decide right now. Mm-hmm. Just cast that net out and just see what speaks to you and yeah. find the opportunities. And until then, it sounds like you're making money. And you got a plan, you know, you want to be out of your parents' house, but you're nannying and you're teaching assistants. Sounds like you're really doing fabulously. Thank you. Oh, my yeah. gosh. You should be so proud of yourself. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I'd say also there's no shame with living with your with your parents, especially if you can save money because New York is so horrifically expensive that <laughs> it's, it, it's just that extra cushion will make like if you're having an adjustment problem like here in new york trying to find work or something that extra cushion is gonna take a lot of tears away you know yeah um yeah and are any of your friends already in new york or thinking about coming to new york 
Um, we basically, my friend's group chat keeps talking about when we might be able to do that. That's kind of exciting. So we're seeing. Your yeah. possibilities are limitless. Yeah. Thank That's you. very exciting. Yeah, yeah, you're adorable. Um, <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, totally. I'm just, I'm really happy that you wrote into the show and came on the show. Yeah, this is so cool. I'm so glad I got to do this. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Allie. For having Good me. Good luck with everything. Thank you. We're thinking about you. Yeah, always. Aww. Look into Balco. Cool. I will. I will. Deal. All right, friend. All right. Bye, See Allie. you later. Thank you. Oh. She's adorable. Ooh, I wish I'd had that kind of articulation when I was. She looks so young, but it sounds I know. like she's been through. You know, she has a BA and stuff. I know. I wish. I know. She's very intelligent. I was like, that wasn't me when no, I was no, your no, age. No, no, no. I just kind of leapt and failed and succeeded and failed and succeeded. And yeah, but okay. I'm still doing. Which I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's part of what I love and hate about show business mm -hmm. is that so much of it can be a lesson in failure. You know, like, well, we, it, you know, we present ourselves to fail, for lack of a better word, with just the audition process. Yeah. We can't get every job. So that's one of the big things that if I teach a group or something like that is really understanding that it's not personal. If you don't get every job, it sure. doesn't mean you're a failure. Yeah. But that that takes its toll. Being told, no, you don't get it. It's like, OK, start, you know, my backstage like, all right, what's. What's on Thursday then? Totally. Let's see what's next. Well, like I had an improv show. Um, today's Wednesday, right? Yes. Yeah. I had an improv show last night. Oh, <laughs> last did? night. And it bombed. It was awful. And, you know, but what do you take away from that? It's going, Sorry. okay, you keep hitting the mic. I know. Um, thank you. It's like, well, what can I learn from this? What can I do differently? What made me feel uncomfortable? And how can I be a better team member to my improv okay. team? And I remember being so devastated when I didn't get this one particular audition. I just knew it was going to be like my Broadway debut. And when I found out I didn't get it, I just cried and everything. Oh. But if I had gotten that show, Crazy For You wouldn't have happened. Wow. So I'm like, okay, maybe we just don't know what the universe has planned for us. Can I ask what the show was? No. I hate you. <laughs> You're going to tell me off, Mike. Maybe. Um, but yeah, no, trust the universe. And I trust any universe that has you in it. Make me cry again. I love you. I love you back. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for also being like a friend to the world. Uh, listeners at home, Beth is not only like a friend, like a family member, like a sister, but she's also like a mother. She takes care of everyone. She never talks shit. She is lovely, incredible, and truly puts the word leader in, you know, being a leading player. That grammatically made no sense, it but did, you get what you I'm just trying to say. filled up my heart. Thank um, you. Yeah, I love you. I love you, too. Thank you. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another Josh Swallows Broadway. I love you guys. I love you guys so much, and keep tuning in, or else there will be no more Josh Swallows Broadway! <laughs> All right, have a great night. Bye. Bye. Josh Swallows Broadway is produced by Alan Seals and Dory Berenstein. Photography for the show is by Michael Kushner. Make sure to look him up. He is my favorite photographer in New York City. The theme song is by myself and Anthony Norman. Want to be on the show? I'd love to have you. Email me at josh at joshswallows.com. Be sure to find me on Instagram at josh.layman. See you soon. Just swallows, just swallows, just swallows, just swallows.
wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying The Quiet Part Out Loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 